0: welcome to an encouraging word from pastor elliot warren from cross-culture church in houston texas well this morning i want to talk to you about the life of an overcomer how you can overcome how we are called to overcome we're wired to overcome not in our natural being but in in the spiritual realm who god's made us you know the bible says there were new creations. So the spirit of God's on the inside of us. That's new. But also God begins to pull us in the, in the direction of God. If you've been born again, then things that you were doing before you got born again that you know that aren't right, they may be wrong attitudes, some sin. You can't do that anymore, right? Because you've been born again. And now you, you might do it and you go, oh man, what did I do that for? I was talking to somebody not too long ago that slipped up in something and he Hadn't been serving the Lord too very long, and I was feeling very badly about it, and I just said, well, look, you remember you used to do that before you got saved, and it was no big deal, right? Sure, yeah, right. And now that you're saved, something like that happens, and us tearing you up, right? Yep, that's right. Well, that's a good indication. At least one thing you get to know out of what happened is God's working on the inside of you, and He's not letting you go that route anymore, amen? You have a different wiring. So you see, the natural wiring is still there, right? But now you've got something that's superseding that wiring and teaching you different ways. And so what we have to do is begin to learn God's ways, which are in the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and He will teach us. But we have to learn to depend on Him because His ways aren't our ways, and His ways are often beyond our mind and our flesh. Now, our mind might understand Logistically, what he says. Like, for example, give and it'll come back to you. That's even in the Old Testament. It's very predominant in the New Testament. But when you look at things like that, like give, and you can understand it in your mind, oh, okay, it's like a seed. You sow a seed and it's spiritual, comes back. But your flesh and your mind, that doesn't mean they go along with it, you see. So, what we have to do is we have to figure what the word what the will of God is. We have to discern the will of God. Amen. That's what the New Testament talks about. And then what do we have to do? We have to yield to it. We have to um, put it in our minds. We have to put it in our hearts and then give ourselves into it. Anyway, overcoming is the same way. A lot of us live in, in levels of defeat in our lives, in discouragement, or underneath the, the pressure of whatever we're going through because we might have read things in the Word of God about how to have victory, how to walk above the storm, but we haven't let that influence our behavior, our, and, and it hasn't overcome our mental wiring, and we haven't allowed it to overcome our natural wiring, you see, But if we'll do that, God says that we shall overcome because he has made us what? Overcomers. We're wired for overcoming. We are made to overcome. The Holy Spirit in us that dwells in us is greater than anything that's in the world. And that's a verse, right? The Holy Spirit in you, God in you is greater than anything. Anything the world has to throw at you, any temptation, any trial, any tri- tribulation, God's going, what I put on the inside of you is bigger than all of that. All you've got to do is let that dominate and you've got to learn to be a spiritual man and not just a natural man. And I want to encourage you, all of, all of you today, learn to be a spiritual person. Learn to be a man of the Word of God, a woman of the Word of God, a woman of faith, a man of faith, someone that holds on to the Word, that claims the Word, that speaks the Word, that lets faith go before them and makes things happen. Amen? John says this in 1633, John 1633, Jesus is speaking, and John records it, and it says, I've said these things to you that you may have peace, peace. Why would you want to have peace? Because there are difficult things we have to walk through, right? Difficult things in life, difficult things at work, difficult things in marriage, difficult things in in your health. Sometimes you have to walk through, right? Um, I've said these things that you may have peace in this world, in this life, on this side of eternity. You will have tribulation. That's a promise I don't want to claim. But it's going to happen. But take heart. I've overcome the world. There are two things here that are interesting to me. He wants us to know ahead of time. Things are not always going to be easy. You're going to go through some difficult times. I've had had some prophetic words come to me like that, and they happened like they were told like they told me, but when they told me those things, I'm like, hey, I don't want to be in this prophecy line anymore. Let somebody else get, you know, these words. Some people are saying, hey, you need to rebuke those words. If they aren't good, you just rebuke them. But um, a lot of those words came to pass. That reminds me of the time when Jesus told Peter, you're going to go through some hard times and people are going to lead you in a way you don't want to go one day. And he was talking about how he was going to have to die. And Peter doesn't go, oh, okay, well, thanks for warning me. He goes, well, what about him? Now, this is the funniest expression, you know, to to me. Then we sort of think that way. Why do I have to go through trials? Why didn't everybody else go through? Yeah, we always think our trials are bigger than somebody else's, right? And Peter probably was thinking, look at John. You know, John's Jesus' pet. You know, what about him? I don't know. I don't know why Peter said that, but. But anyway, we're all gonna we go through difficult times. And that doesn't make us feel good necessarily. But then he goes, but be encouraged. Be encouraged. Take heart. I've overcome the world. What he's saying here is, there are gonna be difficult times, but in me, you're going to rise up over every single one of them. So be encouraged now. Be ready for difficult times that might come. And I've been mentioning to you, difficult times might be coming our way, but you're not supposed to be discouraged. You're not supposed to be worried about it. You're supposed to recognize they might come and being in a place where you're like, no matter what comes, I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and greater is the one on the inside of me than anything this world can throw at me. Amen. Amen. You are going to rise up over every trial that comes your way if you just stay connected with God and just keep pressing in. Romans eight thirty seven says this, In all these things, and he's talking about intense trials, difficulties and pressures, in all these things we have to go through in life, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us more than conquerors in the middle of these things. For I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, and you need to be too, that death, nor life, angels, nor principalities, the present, nor the future, nor any powers, spiritual or natural, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation is able To separate us from the love of God, that's through Christ Jesus. Man, he's saying whatever difficulties you'll ever go through, whatever pressures are are there, whether that's financial, whether that's in your health, whether that's in this nation, whether that's in something a lot bigger. First of all, you got to realize this is such a temporal situation that we're in. Amen. It's going to end one day, but he is saying, as long as you're here, as long as you're walking through this, yes, things are going to be difficult, but I'm going to give you more than you need. And Paul goes, yes, you're more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror because he loves you. Now I want to just emphasize this just a moment. To understand your capacity to overcome, you need to, you, you need to have your heart so filled with the knowledge that God loves you that God is looking after you. You are special to him with all your mess-ups, with all your problems, with everything you've done wrong. With all, You are so loved of God and so special to him. He cares for you, and you need to know that. And out of that love, see, see he says, you overcome. Why? Because nothing can separate us from the love. What does that love mean, by the way? Well, it's an emotion, but love is also an action. If you look at, um, what is it, 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter on love, L- love is, and then you read a bunch of things, you know, we always use that verse in, uh, at wedding ceremonies, right? And you look at the sacrifice that love makes, the things that love does for the other person, to make them do well, to, to make them prosper, to, to bless them, to help them to succeed. Well, God loves us. And so this says, if you understand what love is, that means, that translates into the fact God's always willing to do for us, to bless us, to give us what we need, to help us, to see us when we're in difficulties. He lets us struggle to grow but he's always there to take care of us. Amen. John three sixteen says he loved us so much. He sent his son from heaven to earth. He loved us so much. That's why it was done. You see, he sees the need that we have. He does something. He acts to meet that need because he loves us. Look how he's responding to his love for you. He sees that need, he responds. Man, and look at what he did. He sent his only son to die for you and for me. Man, that's powerful. And then Romans eight thirty two says this. He who didn't spare his only son, but gave him up for us, How much more will He, along with Him, give us all things? He's saying here if God sees you had a need and He was willing to go that far and send His Son, Jesus Christ, to meet that need. How much more will God give you all other things along with Jesus, amen? And where did that start? Out of his love. Matthew 6, if God cares about the birds, Jesus says. Here he, he's talking about don't worry about life. Don't worry when you're in a bad situation. Don't worry when it looks like you don't have enough. Don't worry when it looks like things are going bad. You see, and it's And he explains why. And he says, if God takes care of the birds, won't he take care of you? You're worth much more to God than the birds. So when when he's talking here about God providing for the birds and God will do it for you, what's he talking about? Food, clothing, housing, that kind of stuff, right? So God says, if he's able to do that for the birds, he's able, he's going to do it for you. And not only that, he goes, he says, but the birds are not nearly as important to God as you are. And what he's getting back to there again is how much God loves you. If he's going to do that for the birds, how much more is he going to take care of you? Now, that's the interesting thing that Jesus would use that kind of analogy. But it's so true. It's just common sense. God's taking care of those birds. God feeds them. God takes care of them. But that's nothing to God compared to you. You are of so much more value to God. Again, you need to know that. He's emphasizing that. He wants you to know you are so valuable to God. Do you not understand you're the apple of his eye. He cares about you. He's concerned about your well-being. He wants you to grow. He wants you to overcome things that are in your life. Some things you might feel bad about, why am I like this? Why am I... And you might be upset. God, God just like, you know what? I'm ready to get involved there. I, I, that doesn't make you, me love you one bit less. I'm ready to get in there and deliver you from those things, you see. Anyway, Jesus said this. And then Paul later says, look, you need to know something. You need to understand more than any other thing and uh, that God loves you so much. He says, in fact, your, your faith needs to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Now, if you work with plants, you want to put plants in the right soil. I, I had a plant not too long ago. I'm like, why won't this plant produce fruit? And I go and I talk to somebody who knows about it. And I, so I had it in the wrong soil. Didn't have it in enough soil. And I wasn't doing the fertilizer right. Okay. So Paul says for you to grow right, your pot needs to be the love of God. And that's where you need to be planted. And he says that's where your roots need to go and give nourishment your whole life it needs to be what you're walking in in the knowledge of every day the knowledge that God loves me then Jesus says this John 16 27 you'll ask the father in my name ask him directly because the father himself loves you what he's saying here is God loves you and so you can ask him directly you don't you don't just have to ask me go to God in my name. Now that's another interesting thing. You see, they're like, "You mean we can go to God? We can talk to God?" Yes, you can go to him directly. In fact, you're supposed to go to him directly. I never have understood, I didn't grow up in this tradition, but I have never have understood people who pray to other people. You know, some people pray to saints. You know what we call what they call saints? The Bible says a saint is a believer uh, who's been sanctified or brought to God. There's not some status of a saint. You, you understand what I'm saying? We're all saints if we believe in God. You don't have, you're not going to go somewhere and have somebody hit you on the head and say, oh, you're a saint now. Nope, it doesn't work that way. God makes us saints, right? And I don't don't understand why people pray to Mary. Why do you pray to Mary? You can go straight to God. Somebody said one time to me, well, it's because Mary is more compassionate. She's a woman like a mother. you want I like that is a lack of understanding of how much God loves you and how much he, compared, he, he um, has compassion for you and wants to see you do well. You can go straight to God and get your prayers answered. And he says here, "Ask the Father. Why does he say "Ask? Because that's the way you get. He loves you, He wants to answer. He says, "Go and ask." God directly, but because the Father himself loves you. Amen? Now, because of these things, we can have absolute confidence. Paul said what? I'm absolutely convinced. I'm convinced. We can have absolutely, absolute perfect confidence that God's going to look after us. God's going to take care of us. Amen? So... If you're a believer and if you're serving the Lord and you're still wrestling with doubts and fears and you're tormented by like negative circumstances in your life, I just want to say that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're an overcomer. It doesn't mean just that you're going to overcome the situation. It means you're going to overcome what's on the inside of you, tearing you down wearing you out, making your life miserable. Amen? God says He wants to give you victory on the inside of you, who you are. You're more than an overcomer. Now, that thought, you're more than an overcomer, brings brings a couple of uh, points to mind. First of all, if you're an overcomer, that means there's going to be things for you to have to overcome. Right? You're going to have to overcome some stuff, but it does mean you're, gonna, you're going to, the, the purpose is, for you to live there, and I would say too many people live under their circumstances and not over them, and we just think that's normal. Now, in the next few weeks, I want, I'm going to be sharing exactly how to rise up over some of these things and get into a little bit of that today, but I wanted to give a broad picture today for you to recognize you are called to be an overcomer, anything less than that, is not of God for your life. Anything you've been waddling in for a long time, any misery you've had for a long time, that is not of God. God's got a life much better than that for you. Amen? He's got a life of victory. And if you've been discouraged, you've been weighed down by life, I want you just to say what the psalmist has said in Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? You ought to speak it to yourself. Look to yourself and go, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so anxious and not at peace? Put your trust in God and bless his holy name. He shall come and save you. Amen? You ought to ask yourself when you're down, why am I so down? Why am I so down? God is with me. If God's with me, who can be against me? If God's on my side, if God's giving me these promises, why am I yielding to these feelings of discouragement, of doubt? of heaviness, of whatever else you can have. You're living way underneath your privileges. You're allowing the devil to steal the life of God that God has promised to you. You're living way underneath your privileges. You don't know who you are. You are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Start being who you are. Start living out what God has made you to be. Amen? Paul wrote this in 2 Timothy. We, we read it, but he wrote it to Timothy. He says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, so from this verse, we see, first of all, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. It is a powerful force. If you don't believe fear is a powerful force, watch if you've ever had it, and then you just decide, oh, I, I have fear. I'm just not going to be that way. No, it keeps pushing you, wanting you to fear. Right? It's strong. You ever watch somebody that has spirit of fear on them? Fear dominates everything they do. It's more than the rational, you know, thinking through a situation. Fear's going to pop up, and we always think it's just rational thinking. Oh, we're just being prudent. Oh, we ought to, We're just doing what we ought to do. Oh, we're just following orders. Oh, we're just doing this. No, it's spirit of fear behind it. In fact, you know, the devil uses fear to do what? Intimidate, manipulate, and control you. I want you to think about that. The devil will use fear to control you and your actions and just rob you of your faith. He will use thoughts and he will use people. If you ever allow people to, to bring fear and manipulation in your life, You are giving them power over your life. And you'll do what they say like a puppy dog. Anyway, so we see here God's not, uh, fear's a spirit. Secondly, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, okay? Now, if you've got a spirit of fear, you can just acknowledge right now that's not of God. And I just want to take just a second, and I want you to think about this. Have you got fear? Do you live in fear? Do you walk worrying every day? If that is working in your life, Paul was shaking Timothy. Timothy, that's not God. That's not God. That's not who you are. Some people just go, I'm just wired this way. This is just who I am. No, that is not of God. Shake yourself. Do you have fear? No, I'm just feared. No, that is not of God, and you need to acknowledge it. And I'll go beyond that because we can take that verse and extrapolate. We can take that verse and go beyond that, right? If he didn't give us a spirit of fear, we can easily also say, God did not give us a spirit of depression. God did not give us a spirit of anxiety. God did not give us a spirit of worry. God did not give us a spirit of bitterness. God did not give us a spirit of hopelessness. None of these things are of God. Amen. God, uh, Paul told Timothy these things by the spirit of God so that Timothy would rise up over them so that Timothy would be aware of them and he would conquer them and he would put his feet on top of these things. I believe Timothy was probably someone who wrestled with fear, but he got the victory. Amen. I've shared with you how Timothy died. Whoa, what a great man of God with no fear, standing up to the crowds preaching. I just love his story. And wherever you are, if you'll just rise and begin to realize, this isn't who I am. This isn't who I am. What issue are you dealing with? What insecurity do you have? You need to begin to say to yourself, this is not of God. God did not give me this. I have to recognize this is not my identity. You might have lived like that for years and years and years, ever since you can remember yourself. You might be 85 years old. It doesn't matter. If it's not of God, it's not the real you. Amen? You've got to acknowledge, what's in me that's not of God? What's in me that's not of God? And you've got to make a decision. You're going to begin to see that for what it really is. And instead of identifying with it and saying, oh, that's a weakness of mine, you need to say, That's not of God. I'm going to rise above it, and I am going to conquer it because I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? And you've got to know that as long as the devil can lie to you and tell you you've got to live with this. You've got to hang on to this. Oh, this is who you are. As long as the devil can tell you that's your identity, you will never get free from it because you're embracing it. Some of you are having a hard time probably thinking about letting go of your fear. It protects you. Oh, it keeps you from this and from that. I am telling you, you better let go of it. Amen? Let go. Now, I believe that this is a time when God wants to teach us how to enter back in to the Word of God and whatever the promises are in the Word of God and stand on those promises and see them come true for us. And this is the hour of... We've got to learn to be overcomers. We've got to learn the promises in the Word of God that tell us we have victory over this or that, whatever your issue is. And there is a promise for every single problem you've got. Amen? A promise for every problem. But you need to learn to stand on the promises, to not budge from the promises. And when you stand, the winds are going to blow. But you've got to say, I am not going to be moved. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to stand, and then the winds come and you blow and say, oh, that standing didn't work. No, you're supposed to stand through that storm. I was remembering a song. I grew up Baptist, and we sang hymns. Some hymns, I think we sang, it felt like we sang it every week. I know that wasn't true. But one of those songs was... um, I don't know the name of it. I'm guessing the name is Standing on the Promises because you you sing it over and over. And I was thinking about that as I was talking through this and I was thinking about this hymn. And I I, I just thought it might encourage you. I'll read it really quickly. Read the uh, stanzas. Standing on the promises of Christ my King through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. And then the refrain goes, and, you know, I'm standing on the promises. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. Amen. Amen. When the howling storms, howling storms, that's the way storms are, they yell at us of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. Amen. Standing on the promises of God. I need to read that one again. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the word of God, I shall prevail. Amen. Standing on the promises of God. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. It's that simple. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. Overcoming daily. With the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God. Amen. Standing on the promises. I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Man, I was reading that and I'm going, that is powerful. I sang that song, it seemed like a thousand times in church. And it never registered with me. I didn't even know what I was singing. I read that and I go, man, that was good. I wish I knew what I was doing when I sang those, that, when I was growing up. Man, somebody needs to make a, we need to sing that again or write some contemporary words. Man, one thing I love about the hymns, so many of those hymns, they're just filled with scriptures and the word of God. Amen. I love our music today and it's good. But I just wish sometimes sometimes we, it'd be good to have some like some stuff like this too, added in with it. Anyway, okay. So, uh, so what do you do? How do you stand? I believe one thing. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to stand up and you've got to boldly declare your faith in God in the midst of your situation. I shall not go under. I shall overcome. I shall defeat my enemies. I shall God shall put the enemy underneath my feet. Amen. Amen? That's what the Word of God says to us. And we need to agree with the Word of God and stand on the Word of God. In times of darkness, you need to rise up and boldly declare, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Amen? When everything's going in the wrong direction and everything's falling apart in your life, you need to declare, If God is with me, if God is for me, who or what can be against me? What circumstance can come against me and and win? Nobody can be against me and win. Nothing can be against me and win. Amen? And when we need to go forward, you know you're supposed to go forward. And you don't feel like it. Right? You don't feel like you're much of, of this or that. You don't feel like an overcomer. You need to declare, as the psalmist did, through my God. I shall do valiantly. I shall be courageous. And I shall tread down my enemies today. And I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the spiritual forces that are against you that sometimes use people. But it's the spirit behind it that's your enemy. Amen. The Bible talks all in the New Testament. Not just about uh, how to make it through, but how to overcome. The Bible says you're going to be attacked. You have an evil enemy. He's going to come after you. But then the Bible says, but you can overcome him. Just do this, 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 watch. Now you've got to be on the alert. I want to just say this too. You can't just come to church and you just hear the word of God for an hour. And then the whole week you spend your, your time watching TV and, and watching whatever crazy p- program, um, you know, Beavis comes to mind. I, 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 I've been out of TV a long time. You know, uh, watching some kind of crazy program that's on TV, you know, you need, to, you need to be in the Word of God and you need to have your mind thinking good things, you know. But anyway, you need to rise up and stand strong and you need to declare your victory in God. Amen? Now, I just want to pause just for a minute. You know, if you don't do what the Word of God teaches you to do, you won't benefit from it. And if right now you're not really ready and willing to get out of your comfort zone and start boldly confessing the word of God over your life, this isn't going to profit you at all. You can go, oh, that's good. That's the good word of encouragement. And then you go the whole week, and you didn't rise up. You didn't boldly speak the word of God anywhere. You're not going to benefit from what I just said. Amen? You need to make a decision right now, today, before you go to bed, you're going to boldly declare the word of God over your life. You're going to boldly declare the Word of God over every struggle you've got, over every battle you've got going on right now in your life. You're going to boldly declare something in God, not wimpily, but boldly. Amen? Boldly declare it. Y'all remember this story? It's so popular, and I I know it's meant to be because it's, it's so strategic in so many ways, but where Moses sends those 12 spies into the promised land. And you remember, 10 came back and yielded to their negative emotions. They yielded to their negative feelings. Oh, they're giants. Oh, we can never make it. Oh, no way, it can't happen. They're so big. They're this. There's so many of them. They're so well-equipped. They were multiplying and magnifying what the devil said. You know, I don't know why this works out, but uh, for me, in the morning time is my most difficult time for some reason. It's right when I get up out of bed, generally. I don't know why, but not every time. But that's when I have to make a decision whether my day is going to be good or bad. In fact, I think that's for a lot of us. And if you get out of bed, and you begin to confess the Word of God, you begin to speak the promises of God over your life, you begin to say, I am going to tread on my enemies today. I shall not be brought down. I shall not be discouraged. I'm going to love those who are evil toward me. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit of God. God is with me. God directs me. And God's going to prosper me in everything I put my hands to today because I follow the Lord, and I obey the Lord, and I am blessed of God. Amen? I just want to knock the devil off of my mind in the morning and off of my shoulders if he's there, right? But for some reason, most of us, and that's would say all of us, you know we like to accentuate the negative. Do y'all know that? We like the negative. We could sit around, and there's some people, um, you know, in fact, some people, there's a whole song genre about it, right? The blues. You're going to sit down and talk about all the bad stuff going on in your life. You know we could sit down. And if we were a neg- the negative club or whatever, man, we could all get into that, start talking about the negative going into our lives. Guess what happens when somebody does that? You know why they do that? Somehow they think it's going to make them feel better. Did y- you ever think about that? Maybe you're wanting comfort. I'm not sure what we want when we do that. But for some reason, we are sharing that negative. Now, why, why were those 10 spies getting into the negative? And why did the people get into the negative? You can say fear, but why were they sharing that instead of going, no, we're not going to do that. That's not, that's not good. That's a bad feeling. That's fear. They're giving into it, right? And for some reason, our natural wiring, our natural mindsets sometimes are to speak negative, to speak the negative things we feel. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to bring them out, but to meditate on them, to speak them, to declare them, to get into them, that's wrong. To recognize they're there, that's good. But to hold on to them and to speak them does nothing but to empower them in your life and make it worse. These spies, I don't think they felt so bad until they started talking. Then they started talking. Well, the land is really good. It's got this thing. But then, then they started getting into the negative. And then they really got into the negative. And it's like, oh, man. And then, it, so they were telling everybody. And then that got into all the people. And by the way, did, you know, it says the whole congregation was filled with that negativity, except for Joshua and Caleb. Now, this teaches us something so powerful. You see, if you want to overcome, you've got to have people speaking positive words around you rather than negative words around you about your life, about what's going on in this world. I'm not saying get away from them, but some of them maybe you need to get away from if they're bringing you down and sowing that negativity into your mind and into your heart because what's going to happen, that's going to produce a fruit of doubt and fear on the inside of you. You see, That, that communication transferred from the 10 to the whole congregation. I've thought many times before, what if Joshua and Caleb had been the first two to talk that day? Would it have made a difference? I wonder if they had been the ones who had the microphone first, if it had made a difference. But once that root of bitterness, once that root of doubt, once that root of whatever gets planted, you got to really work to get that thing out. And they were there and they planted that first. Then anyway, you got these two who spoke and they they declared in the midst of their worst problems, in the midst of all those giants, they made a declaration. They said, yes, they're big, but God is going to give us the land. God will give it to us. And I want to tell every single one of you, If that's not in your mouth every day, you're not going to have the power you need to go forward. Because just like in that land of giants, you are in a land of giants, of opposition, of difficulties, of trials. And the word on your mouth is supposed to be just like what was in Joshua's mouth and in Caleb's mouth. Yes, there are problems, but God's going to give me the land. Yes, there are problems, but I'm an overcomer. Yes, there are problems, but I've got promises that I'm standing on and God shall come through for me. If you don't have any other thing that you know how to confess, just go print off standing on the promises. And you confess that every morning and you confess that every noonday and you confess that when you go to bed, amen? And you can probably get on, I bet you can get on Google and say some positive promises in the Word of God that I can just speak out and declare every day over my life. It's powerful. Amen? Praise God. Now, I just want to finish up, because I know I don't have too much time, I'll finish up on this next se- section here. But some people don't think it's very important to stop doubting. In other words, they, they'll say, like, they can have faith in God, and at the same time, they don't see being fearful and doubting as a very negative, right? Um, so, you know, in a way, if you just walk in fear, fear and doubt, it's almost the same thing as just telling people, I don't have faith in God. I don't have faith in God today. I don't have faith about that situation. And you're proud about it. You understand what I mean? That's, that's the, the net effect. But it's very, very important that you deal with your doubts and that you deal with your fears. Don't think it's just a small thing. No, it's huge, okay? Now, God understands that. God understands. That's where We have that. We have doubts. We have fears. But God doesn't excuse them. He's given us what we need to overcome them. Amen? Amen. It's not a sin necessarily to have that. It's a sin to not get over it, if that makes sense. Right? Are y'all with me? Now, Mark eleven twenty two says something that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, most translations say it this way. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. But the literal translation, and even if you look at the, common, the commentaries of theologians from years past, it's like, that's a phenomenal verse. Because what it literally says is, have the faith of God or have God's faith. And of course, you go, did the guy who was translating it go, have God's faith? I think I'm going to put have faith in God. Have God's faith. What he's communicating there is have faith just like God has. And you say, oh no, I can't say that. Well, maybe the guy who's translating couldn't say it either. (laughs) I don't know. Have God's faith. Have the same kind of faith God has. And that's when he's talking about telling a mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea. Now that sounds crazy too. Does that not sound crazy too? One crazy thing right after another. And then an explanation he goes and he says and if For when you pray and ask God, if you believe and don't doubt, you'll get what you ask for. So he says, actually, when you pray, you have to do two things. You've got to believe, but you've also got to not doubt. You remember there's a verse where a guy goes, Jesus goes, um, he says, Lord, help my son. He He needs a miracle. Well, if you believe, and then the guy goes, God, I believe, but help the part of me that doesn't believe. You remember that? Sometimes we have that. God wants to deal with our unbelief. This isn't about making you feel bad. This is about telling you you're an overcomer. And God's got everything you need to overcome every unbelief in you. Amen? There's another man who came to to Jesus one day. His daughter was at the point of death. And he goes, you know, he's at home going, I got to go see Jesus. He can heal my daughter. I better hurry. He's running to Jesus. He goes to Jesus. His name is Jairus. Jairus goes to Jesus. That sounds like some kind of poem or something. (laughs) Jairus goes to Jesus and... He's asking him, God, help, help my daughter. Well, around that time, we're he he's gonna help this man. Some woman, and this is another story we won't get into, but it's just a wonderful story. Some woman who she ought not to be doing this in that culture, she, she creeps through the cloud and she's just in her mind. Look how faith works, guys. Look how faith works. She has struggled to get there, and her faith is telling her, you just touch his garment, just touch his garment, just touch his garment. Now, any, any, you talk to most believers today, you say something like that, they're going, ow, you know, that's just crazy faith in you. She's going, "And just touch his garment, just touch his garment, just touch his garment. She gets there, she touches his garment. Oh, my, my. You see, that's her point of contact with God. She stretched out her faith. She did something. She touched his garment. Boom. No prophet came and told her if you touch his garment. You understand? Her faith spoke to her. Oh, according to your faith, Jesus said, your faith, your faith in you did that. Whoa. Praise God. But see, what happened was the Jairus had said, help my daughter. And so Jesus is going to help the daughter. And then this thing happens. So he gets completely sidetracked. How many of you ever felt like Jesus gets sidetracked when you ask him to help you? God, I thought I was getting the breakthrough, and then look what happened. In fact, Jesus is talking to this woman. He's explaining the situation, and then it says, wow, that happens, which I don't know how long it took, but during the, the time of that happening, somebody comes up to Jairus, and Jairus must have been close to Jesus. And he goes, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Maybe he said it nicer than that. <laughs> and, you know, you're just going, oh, man, while he's waiting, there the, the, the daughter dies. And it says that Jesus overheard the man say that to Jairus. I love that. Jesus was eavesdropping. He overheard this guy tell Jairus, your daughter's dead. Immediately, Jesus jumps in and he tells Jairus this, don't be afraid, only believe and she'll be healed. I love that. He's saying, stop right now. Don't let those words sink into your heart. Don't start meditating on that. He stops him right there. And he says, stop, don't fear, only believe, and she'll be healed. Now, when you use the word only, that word only can mean a couple of things. It can be used in two ways. Only can mean something is. Simple. It, can, it can be explaining how simple something is. For example, let's say some, somebody, a 16-year-old, gets in his car, and uh, after a week or two it won't start. And the dad says, if you'd only put gas in it, it'd start. Right? He's telling you, it's just that simple. You only have to put if you'd only put gas in it, right? But The word only can also mean exclusively. So, let's say that that 16-year-old hasn't had much money. And so, he went to the store. He fills up the five-gallon gas tank, but it only actually goes up to two gallons. He gets home and he goes, I'm going to need at least five gallons. And so he puts three gallons of water in there. And he puts it in his car, and it won't start. Then his daddy can say the same thing as he said before. If you only put gas in your car, it'd start. But this time he doesn't mean if you just put gas in it. This time he means if you would only put gas, meaning if you don't put gas in water, if you don't put gas in something else, it'll start. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? In this statement Jesus made to Jairus, he's not just telling them, oh, just do that simple thing. He's saying, only do this. He says, don't fear. Only believe, and your daughter will be raised up. I like the way the King James says it because it makes it clear it's the exclusive understanding. He says, don't fear, believe only. When you say it that way, you mean it's exclusive. Only believe, nothing else. No fear, no doubt. Get it out. You know, when you know something's wrong and it's bad for you, you get it out. Now, when I was growing up, if you had a bad attitude, you knew you were going to get corrected for that. I'm curious, anybody else old enough to have had that happen to you? Mom or dad see a bad attitude? That's going to get dealt with. And guess what? When you know that's there and you're going to reap bad from it, all of a sudden you have the power to not do it anymore. You ever notice that? You've got something on the inside of you that makes you straighten up, go, oh, no, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about, I don't know what I was thinking. Right. When you recognize how bad fear and doubt are to your future, to your life, to your joy, to your victory, you're going to rise up and you go, oh no, I will never let that stay in my life. If I see it, I'm going to deal with it. Amen? Amen. I just love this story because I I I love how Jesus was there. He stopped that word from sinking into that man's heart. He stopped that fear from sinking into that man's heart. Man, how we need people around us that'll speak good to us and they can recognize when we hear a bad report, when something negative comes our way, sometimes we can get hit with a word and it's so strong. Maybe it's from a doctor, bad report from a doctor. Maybe it's a bad report from who knows where. Something bad. Man, that, that can hit you so hard. And I know with Jairus, when somebody said your daughter's dead, it takes about, I don't know, a few seconds to process it. What? Oh, right? I think he's going, What? And Jesus says, Don't fear. And he he feels the faith coming out of Jesus. You see how I said doubt is communicable, so is faith. And Jesus says, don't fear. Man, we need to be those that'll say that to other people when we see our brothers and sisters being hit with lies, being hit with negativity, being hit with bad circumstances. We need to be those that'll say, do not fear, do not doubt, do not worry. God's going to get you out. And we need to have people like that around us, like Jesus. That'll stop those words and speak faith in our lives. Amen. If Jesus had gone, that must be hard. It had been over. <clears throat> All right, amen. <clears throat> this story Amen. to mind. There was a pastor once, and um, somebody in his congregation, or that were close to him, I think, is his congregation. Uh, the, the husband was in some kind of emergency situation. Look, it looked like he was going to die for sure. He'd gone to the hospital. The wife was there. And the, the, the pastor said this. And, of course, they go sharing the testimony now because they saw how it was of God. He said, if you want me to sympathize and cry with you, I can. But your husband will go on be with Jesus. If you want to fight for him, you have to not give in to sympathy right now. You have to not give in to sorrow right now. We're going to get to a place of faith and we're going to claim the victory. And the man got an an astounding miracle, got off of his deathbed. And, you know, the wife was like, had we not prayed that day like that, I don't think it would have happened. But she rejoiced in the fact that this man was able to say, if you want him to go on, I'm going to weep with you. We'll rejoice he's going to heaven. If you want a miracle, we have to rise up out of this thing right here and stand in the Word of God and stand in the promises. Amen? I just love that story. I wish I had had a tape of it somewhere. It's probably a video of it now. Now that we have videos everywhere. Anyway, there's so many words in the Word of God that tell us, believe, don't doubt, deal with those doubts. But if you're here today... Um, you know, maybe you're maybe you've been coming and you're not saved yet. You know, maybe you've not given your life to the Lord yet. Um what are you waiting on, right? I want to encourage you, rise up out of yourself, make a decision you're gonna give your life to the Lord. Turn from your sin, turn from your way of living, and be willing to trust God. I see more people than I've seen a long time in that valley of decision right now. God's dealing with you. God's dealing with you, and that's why you're here in church. That's why you've been coming. And I want to encourage you. You need to make that decision. God's going to keep dealing with you. It won't stop. You need to press forward. Secondly, for those of you that need a breakthrough, we're going to be talking more about breakthroughs coming up. Um, But I want to encourage you. you got to pull away from the naysayers, the negative ones, some of them that even are intending well, that are going to be speaking negative into you. And you've got to make a decision that you're just going to trust God. Just trust God. Dare to believe. Well, don't give my hope up. Well, you don't, you don't get your hope up. You can't get your faith up for sure. You got to get your hope up before you get your faith up. You got to put your hope in Jesus. And I hope this morning that your, your faith is beginning to rise. The hope is beginning to arise on the inside of you. Because Jesus loves to get breakthroughs. Jesus loves miracles. People put down miracles today for some reason. Jesus loves them. He loves to see people get healed. He loves to see demons come out of people. He loves to see things happen. And he wants us to pull on heaven and to believe in the God of miracles again. God wants to do a miracle for you. I just encourage if you're sick, there's no sickness too big for God. You got demons? You know, in the the New Testament, people are always going, oh, he's got a demon. My son's got a demon. Or, Jesus, I have a demon. But today, we act like we don't know that. We go, oh, I have a psychological problem. Oh, I have this kind of problem. Oh, I have that kind of problem. But um, a lot of people's problems, I believe, are demonic. Meaning there's a spiritual power behind it, pushing it in your life. It's not just natural. Spirit of fear, for example. Spirit of discouragement. So I want to encourage you today. God's your victory. And we're going to be going through some things in the next few weeks about victory, how to walk in victory, how to walk in the power of God. But I want to pray with you today um, and just just believe God for you that faith is going to ignite and that even this week, you're going to be getting rid of doubts, fears, you're going to begin to see them. You're going to, just like Jesus told Jairus, only believe and you'll receive it. Just like Jesus told his disciples, believe and do not doubt. You're going you're gonna to start recognizing some things and you're going to start pressing into the kingdom. You're going to start pushing away from things that have been pulling you down and you're going to start seeing, I believe God's going to begin to show more promises of, and, and miracles than we've ever seen before. I fully believe that. Amen. You know, with a day with God, today is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a, like a day, right? Maybe you say, well, I've been in this problem for a long time. No, it's only been like a day. To God, it's not so long. It's just been a day, and everything can change just like that. Amen? Amen. Could we all stand to your, our feet, and those of you online, would you just, just come to attention? Now, if you need to give your life to the Lord today, I want to encourage you. Submit your life to God. Submit your life to God. I want to encourage you, just pay attention to that still small voice on the inside of you. And if that's you today, all you need to do is just tell God. You can just tell him right now. Just tell him, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm I'm sorry for going my my way. And I just encourage you, you do that right now. Just tell him, God, I know you're dealing with me. I'm sorry I've been going my own way. I want to come to you now. And turn your life to God. Put your faith in Christ. Jesus Christ died for your sins. You can be forgiven if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you. Just just tell him, God, I believe in Jesus. I believe in what he did for me. It's sufficient for my sins. I trust you, God. And for today, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. And for those of you that need a miracle, those of you, some of you, you may need a physical miracle. You may need a miracle in your soul. You may have some kind of obstacle that you've been walking around with your whole life. Maybe it's something you go, well, everybody in my family is like that. Well, maybe it's like a curse. Maybe it's just some kind of spiritual force working in your, I don't know. Whatever's there, you need a breakthrough in. We, I want to believe God that it's going to be unearthed. You're going to see it more clearly. Have you begun to succumb to it and just, well, this is me, or God doesn't want to do this, or God doesn't want to... Who didn't God help that came to him in the Bible? Did he ever go, oh, no, I'm going to let you keep with those demons. It's God's will, you stay with those demons, and I'm not going to heal you. Did he ever say that? It's God's will for you to have those demons of sickness. No, he healed, amen? He wants to meet your need. Whatever your need is, God's there to meet it. Lord, right now, I just pray blessing and breakthrough over every individual listening right now. Father, for those that need a breakthrough in finances, I'm asking you, God, give them a breakthrough in their finances. Show them direction. Open the right door. God, break off every curse of poverty off of every life in the name of Jesus. Lord, any kind of curse, that has come on because of disobedience in any area. God, I pray you break that off right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for a breaking in Satan. I command you off of every believer here in the name of Jesus, every individual in Jesus' name. I command you off of their homes, off of their marriage. I command you to be pulled out of every relationship where you've come in to wreak havoc In Jesus' name, I stand my ground. In Jesus' name, I stand on behalf of everybody listening today, on those who are dealing with interpersonal issues, on those who are dealing with issues on the inside. God, today I declare victory over everyone This is not to last. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. I declare today is the day of victory. This is the hour of victory. Those things are fading away and the power of God is coming. Newness is coming. New vision, new life, new power, new understanding of how to walk in this victory. Lord, now I thank you for it and I declare everyone, everyone listening to me today as an overcomer, more than a conqueror, We're going forward, not going backwards, increasing in the things of God, not decreasing, growing, prospering, and blossoming in life. In Jesus' name, amen.